This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. First time I ever used Blue Apron, guess what they sent me? Buffalo chicken sandwiches. You know this place is going to be good if they're giving you buffalo chicken sandwiches. Now, is every meal buffalo chicken? Sadly, no. There are other things, but you get to choose them. You get to go through. You set the delivery dates. It's very nice. So basically what we're doing right now is that you can go check out this week's menu and get the first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash I love you. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash I love you. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 40. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island. He only does everything, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today. It's good to be here with you. Are you rest and relaxed from E3? No. Where did you get that shirt from? I got this from the PlayStation Gear booth outside of E3. They had a whole bunch of new stuff over there. You don't like it? I can, I'm a do, big I can fan. do without it. I'm a big fan. You know, like, I got to be honest with you. I think that most that you usually typically wear very nice attire. Yeah. This shirt I can do without. What's wrong with it? This shirt like, is a little too much. Like it's a little too 90s for me. It's a little too. I'm looking at myself in the, in the well, it's a little too colorful. Monitor. I think I look pretty goddamn good. Yeah, to each his own. Screenshot this, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know what you think of it. On Twitter. At Game Over Reggie. You're not relaxed. You're not rested. Uh, I mean, I need more time. My voice is still shaky because it was so long. I need more time. The E3. But I've been sleeping in like nobody's business. Slept in deal 11.15 today. Oh, that's right. Yesterday, 12.30. Good for you. Not not normal for Greg Miller. That's great. But I'm recuperating. Yeah, I've been... Uh, you know, today, Lola and I had to go to Petco. Yeah. Get her nails trimmed. Uh-huh. Need to get her some food. Got her some toys. Okay. So, you know, there's things to do. <laughs> I understand. That's that definitely right there is enough to keep you not rested, yeah. not relaxed. I had to think about that for a long time. As I yeah. did it. Mm-hmm. Get, get psyched up for it. Did you play anything since E3? Or you've been chilling on that front. Yeah, I've been playing a little bit of Grand Kingdom. How is it? You Vita. liked it on the plane. You're very good. Real good. Uh, well, not very far in it. I'm re- going to restart it. Why um, is it really good so far? I don't know. Just scratching a certain itch. It's a strategy role playing game. Uh, it's a little more simplistic, I would say, in a way than the grid based games like Final Fantasy Tactics. But yeah. Basically, you're just going around a map with up to four characters in your party, um, and then you run into enemies, and then there you fight them on a grid, but the grid's like three lines, and then you can like go in between the lines and fight them, and there's different character classes, and play it for a few hours. It's pretty good. I'm going to restart it, because I did make like a, a significant error in the game that I need to um, to fix. What was it? Basically, you it seems like after... No, I wouldn't make that error. After... Uh, that uh tutorial open so there's an opening tutorial of course as there always is but it's like a full-fledged mission and the missions are like multiple fights and all those kinds of things and i uh so i was playing with a a cast of characters like i had like a warrior and an archer and a mage and a healer yeah i'm like all right so these guys are already in my party so they like bring me back to town and they explain everything is like all right hire four more characters so i'm like all right i'm gonna hire like supplemental characters for these i'm gonna so i hired like you know and then I'm like, oh, these are just the four characters I have now. Like, I don't have the other four. Anymore. The original bros broke exactly. Off. So then I like, I was like, all right. So I really actually liked the makeup of that party, and I thought I already had them. Sure. And maybe I do, and I just don't realize. But I don't think I do. So so I have like you know uh, characters that I do, I'm not pleased with. And I got my ass kicked. I'm getting my mm-hmm. ass kicked as opposed to like really you know going through these uh, kind of just destroying these these creatures and, and whatnot. 
um, as I was in the beginning. So I, I want to go back and just fix that. Interesting. Um, other than that, I, I mean, before E3, I played Mighty Number no. Nine. Mm, talk a little about no, that. No, 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 no. Uh, I haven't beaten it. I don't really care about it. Yeah. Um, we had it for about two weeks before the embargo lifted. Uh, it's um, not good. I I don't know that I would call it bad. Yeah. I just think it's uh, it's soulless. I was talking to someone about it that played it, um, and he he had agreed. It's just it's just a soulless, stylus kind of game. Like it just it just I just don't understand how this is what they shit out after all this time. This is and and someone made a really good point. I think it was on NeoGaf being like it's not. Any creates that's the problem. All right, like I think we all know that. I don't know who the problem or what the problem is. Maybe it's concept. Maybe it's an Afune. I don't know. Evitza writes into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to get your question read and says greetings and salutations. Reviews are in for Mighty Number no. 9 and the consensus seems to be that it's a mediocre on most fronts game. Seeing as Inafune provided time and time prove time and time again that he can create a great 2D side scroller. What do you think went wrong with this game and do you think there's room for a sequel? He wants to do a sequel. I mean, he told me he wanted to do a sequel when I was in Japan long before the game even came out. I mean, they, yeah. they have an idea of making this new sequel. Whether or not anyone will care about it long enough for it to be a sequel, they get a sequel remains to be seen. Here, this is the thing. This is what I was trying to say. And he creates, creates awesome games. People had brought up um, uh, Azure Striker Gun Vault and all these games. These are great games. Uh, they're working, obviously, on Bloodstained, which looks fantastic. It was playable on the floor. I didn't get to play it at E3. Um, have you played it before? No. They, okay. played, they made Mega Man 9 and 10, which are fucking really immaculately... If you just showed, if you just took eight the eight NES or the eight eight bit Mega Man games and mixed them up in a bag and just gave them to a twelve year old today or a fifteen year old today or, or a fucking fifty year old that never played Mega Man games and we're like find the two that were made in the twenty first century, I don't think that you'd be able to do that. Like that's how that's how good they, those were. Sure. So these guys and they made you know they're making a Shantae game and like they make they know what they're doing. There's a bigger problem here, and I hate to say it because Inafune is like one of my very favorite people in the industry and I love him to death and I, I love you know what he's done and you know he he had a, a hand in Dead Rising he had a hand in Animusha he had a hand in Lost Planet I mean his influence goes well beyond Mega Man um, but I feel like concept and or Inafune must be the problem right because and this is and this is why I say this because I saw Recore behind closed doors at the Xbox booth mm-hmm. and that game looks generic as fuck right like I looked at it and I'm like, all right, this looks fine. I mean, like, I'm sure it's gonna be fun. It's an interesting idea. Armature is doing the best they can. But I'm like, this doesn't look like remarkable in any way. When that trailer ran at E3, it was like, oh, this is what Recore is. Yeah. Like, I did not expect Recore to look like this. And this doesn't look good. This doesn't look like a AAA game, and it doesn't look like an indie game. It looks like that THQ space where games got shit out. Here's the the good news about Mighty though is that I was so didn't and in, in the I don't give a fuck about this game anymore space and I authentically was because of the delays and all the nonsense sure. that I wasn't nearly as hyped I was and I don't think anyone was as hyped as they thought they were going to be but I mean as, as far as the game itself it's just like the character models kind of suck the three the, the, it's like it looks very amateurish like the mm-hmm. game looks amateurish like a like a student project at times almost there's like no enemy diversity there's like Beck himself is like, like I look at it. And I'm like, all right, sometimes you see Beck like art and I'm like, he does an interesting character and in ro- uh, not roll call is an interesting character. Um, Beck and call. Beck and call I get uh, but I look at his mom I'm like this character sucks. Like this character just sucks. Why do I get and the voice acting's nonsense. The story's nonsense. I beat basically the eight bosses as you would in any Mega Man game. And then you go on to the castle or whatever. Mm-hmm. You go, and I just stopped there. I was like, I'll get to it. I'm like, could you imagine me doing that to a, uh, real, an actual real Mega, Mega Man, Man game. No. What we were talking about earlier, now, just very briefly, when Mega Man 10 came out, I literally disappeared 
when that game came out. I didn't play anything else for a month. I played that game over and over and over and over and over again. I loved it. It was like immaculately made. Same studio. So what I'm what I'm saying is just it's a cheap game. It's not a full fledged, you know, I don't think $60 release I get. But I don't understand how this was supposed to be the Mega Man successor. It's just not very good at all. Now, the gameplay is fun. You basically are shooting enemies and damaging them and then dashing through them to like build combos up. I was told by a friend of mine who uh, overviewed the game for another outlet that it's easy. It's there's a specific weapon in the game that totally breaks that system, which I didn't even mm-hmm. realize. So there's there's already broken mechanics in the game. The game's not even out, and people already figured out how to break it. And I just don't understand that even if that mechanic is sound and it is, it's fine. What what about this is Mega Man? Like what about this? It, what you can go in any order and then use their their weapons and like the the boss weapons aren't even all that useful. And the game tells you basically what weapons you're supposed to use. So the whole mystery of like. How basically if you select a stage and you have the weapon you need, it'll have like extra intel and you like go and like the the mighty number, whoever that you have the weapon from that goes to that stage will help you. Mm. And I'm like, part of the mystery was like figuring it out. What the fuck happened here? Like, So you're basically just ruining that for me as well. Do you think it's because they try to dumb down the Mega Man formula for the mainstream? Maybe I, I just I just don't understand like where the where the cool characters and like the design and like the attention to detail. Some people were complaining, like some reviews were like, it's so hard. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not hard at all. Like, that's the other problem. Like this game's not hard at all. That, that was the other, like I, you could brute force your way through this game. And especially like some of the bosses, you have to like kind of figure it out. You know, you have to get, get your feet under you. It's not like you're going to like blaze through it, but it's, it's even easier than shovel Knight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, wh- like where, like you're supposed to really challenge me. I want to be like brutally, you know, I, I like it took me time. It really wasn't until the last day or two, actually, that I really came to this consensus in my head, too, because I really had to think about it. Yeah, I didn't have time. We were E3. And I just was, it was all a blur. I knew I didn't like it, but I didn't know that I didn't like it that much. I don't think it's bad, but I do think it is very mediocre and we should expect and want more from Mighty Number no. Nine. And yeah, I've only be, gotten through the fr- I mean, I've seen enough. You know, to know, to know. I know, I, I know these games. You, you can trust you, me on this. Do you think you go back to beat it? Oh, yeah, I got to go back and beat it, but because maybe it gets better. I don't know, but I'm just telling you my impressions of like the meat of the game and every Mega Man game. The meat of the game is not the castles, but getting through those stages. That's what's so fun about those games. Yeah, just expect drab characters seeing the same enemies over and over again. These terrible 2.5 D graphics, no design aesthetic at all. No design philosophy at all. Just OK, cool. Good, good use of t- an amateur team of like not that yacht club are amateurs but like they yeah, made yeah. other games but those guys made a game that is exponentially better than mighty number no. nine so if you want to play a game that's like got an old school aesthetic and an old school style and a feel you go play shovel knight that's a game that gets it and that's a game i'm eager you know to get a sequel mighty number no. nine can disappear off the face of the fucking planet Damn. how's that it's good but i mean what does this mean for your i guess love of Inafune, right? Like, and it doesn't take away from what he's done, but you're talking about this and you're talking about Recore. You're not talking po- positive things for him. Going Let forward. me use Harper Lee as an example. Sure. Okay. Yes. Harper Lee to kill a mock to kill a mockingbird. She wrote other essays and stuff like that, similar to Salinger, but she was really known for like this one thing. Obviously, yeah. right? just like Salinger was really known for this one thing. And she comes back after decades and decades and writes a sequel right to the book. To kill wrote, any mockingbirds uh, to kill multiple mockingbirds. I think the game was the the, uh, the, game. the, the game was called. She made, wrote a game, which she is was like, man, I want to sequelize the my point book. Is, is that game. And some people liked it and some people didn't. But a lot of people were like, why? Why? Why are you doing this? Yeah. And my answer is, I don't know. But Harper Lee still wrote to kill a mockingbird, you know? Yeah. 
And so that's the, and I think it's a great way of putting it. Sure. Like Inafune still made Mega Man. Right, right, he right. He still produced Animusha and Lost Planet and Dead Rising. And Dead Rising. I'm not trying to, I'm, that's but the, he I'm, has fallen off. I mean, like, and frankly, and I love the man and he knows who I am. That's why I, I tweeted about this. Like, it's so weird that like he knows me. Yeah. And so I say this with all due respect. Now that we're, fr- I don't want to call us friends by any stretch of imagination. Yeah, grabbing a beer when he but, comes through. No, but I mean, like, I see him when I go to Japan, and and you know when he's here, I'm pretty much see him every time you know that I'm at a show that he's at. Sure. But I, and I say this with all due respect because he's a very nice man. Like, you gotta like figure this out because I don't know exactly what's going on with Red Ash and with even Soul Sacrifice in these games where I'm like, come on, man! Like, Soul Sacrifice was good, but but was it? You really? I mean, he really. I don't want to say like Dennis Dyack level because I don't think anyone's going to get to that level, you know, like with Dennis Dyack trying sure. to come back to do this shit over and over again. But like he is ruining his that's his, the bigger his part. name and he's got to be really careful because he burned so many bridges in Japan. This is the weird thing about him. Like, I don't know that any publisher in Japan would hire him. And then so he has to say by himself. But how much how much, you know, what if Recore is like a seven? I think you'll be lucky to get a seven <laughs> from what I've seen of Recore. You know, and then this game's like going to settle in the fives. Yeah. Soul Sacrifice settled in the sixes or sevens. It's like, okay, where is the Inafune that has the vision? Where's the Inafune that has the know-how? Do you think it's that him it's him getting spread too thin? He's getting just his name's being attached to these projects and maybe he's not that in depth on them? That's what I think. I mean, that was my question with Recore. The 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 Mighty project made more, much more sense because even though they're in different cities, I think any at least is in Japan with concept. So like he can but like Armature is in Texas. Austin, yeah. And he's produ- like, no, you're not. And he like when even when I saw the thing, like he answered some questions sitting there with his translator. But like they the guys from Armature, I'm not saying they're making a bad game. They're obviously not. But they're the ones playing the game. They're the ones explaining it. They're the ones making it. Sure. So I'm like, this is where I get really concerned for him, because if he comes back again, they might be able to fund Mighty number no. nine might just sell fine. And like he might make his money. And I mean, and honestly, the game, the money games already like probably profitable because he has a publisher and a Kickstarter. But if he was going to make a sequel, I don't know that I'd be so excited about it. What I need them to, to figure out is, and what I need him to figure out is if he wants to really make a Mega Man game, then make a Mega Man game. And if you don't want to make a Mega Man game, then I respect that because you didn't always make Mega Man games. And that's totally fine. You haven't made a Mega Man game since the 90s, really. I mean, you, he produced and helped with 9 and 10, but you made other games. You seem to like zombies and sci-fi and all this other shit. So just go in that direction. Just leave it alone. Like, it's better that we don't get more Mega Man that sucks, which we've had plenty of, than... Mighty number nine, which didn't reach any of its full potential. And so just reading early indications from reviewers and then just knowing what people are saying on, on forums and stuff like, I think, you know, you know exactly where you get with my number nine and it's super disappointing. And I don't understand why these guys, I know it's hard. It's the same conversation we have with Iga who I actually believe in now way more. And I, I think bloodstained is going to be great. Yeah. I really do believe that, but being made by the same studio though. So we're going to see, but, uh, I really feel like some of these guys have to figure out like is the extra cost of um, pixel art and old school flat 2D design and that kind of enemy diversity and style and spirit and feel worth the extra money. I know that those things are dying arts. I know that you explained that it would have been way more expensive to make bloodstained like that just like it was in the symphony of the night style for instance but maybe that's half the battle because now you get these 10 different 2.5 D like robot models that like are in every stage they suck like it's not interesting <laughs> you know I, I don't i just don't i don't get it i don't know i'm ranting enough you'll uh, whatever ladies and gentlemen <laughs> if you didn't know this is psi love you xoxo it is kind of funny.com's playstation podcast so go there subscribe to the videos and the channels and like everything and share it with your friends it is the number one playstation podcast on the internet and 
It posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, come rain or shine, on YouTube.com slash games and podcast services around the globe. Let's get some housekeeping out of the way. First off, thank you so much for E3. Your support was incredible. We put up more than 60 videos on Kind of Funny Games. Uh, you pushed us past 200,000 subscribers on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And we busted our humps for you. You all seem to appreciate it. Thank you for caring about all the dumb things we had to say about the things we saw at E3. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of E3 talking this episode, so get ready for that. Also, don't forget that right now, kindoffunny.com slash Road to Greatness connects you to PlayStation's Road to Greatness campaign. If you missed me talking about this before, what's happening is quite simple. PlayStation's doing their Road to Greatness campaign where they bring this giant bus around with all these games to different parts of the world, the uh, United States showing their games, their VR, their so on. Right now, they're doing a thing where you send in a video saying why they should come to your town. They will pick four of you. They will come to your town and do a whole like road show and do all these different things. If Kind of Funny fans win, they will bring us. They will bring Kind of Funny to you. Do a little show there. Talk to you. Place make sure you. you live in San Francisco if this happens. If you could all four of you live in the Bay Area, that would be really cool for us. We would really appreciate that, but doesn't matter. Continental United States, kindoffunny.com slash road to greatness. Then also, uh, VidCon is this week. Uh, Tim, Nick, myself will all be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We all have panels. And then the week after that, RTX, we will be there as well. More panels there. Dumb stuff. We're fighting screw attack. Colin, mm. let's begin the show with what is and forever will be. Roper's report. Time for some singular possessive news. There are nine items on the list, and I cut some things down. So, so it's it's important to note that we're not going over the E3 news. You know everything that was announced. We already did a PSI. We did, I love we did an episode first. about that. But I just want to make sure it was an irregular episode. We had an, we had an extra person on this episode for part of it. It didn't feel like a PSI love you episode. It felt a little rushed and 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 crazy because of the E3 madness. So we're back to normal yet. We are not going to do it. We're not going to include those games in the Roper Report. So if you don't know what Detroit is, if you don't know what God of War is, Get if you don't know what Days Gone is, you know what to do. Now, I'm going to start with this one because I think it's actually most relevant, even though it's not really a news item per se. But I think it's important for our audience, especially those interested in virtual reality. Number one, it's time to go eyes on with PlayStation VR. Sony has revealed its nationwide blitz of retailers showcasing PSVR at select Best Buy and GameStop locations with more than 300 stores participating across the U.S. and Canada as of June 24th. So in a few days, go to experienceplaystation.com, experienceplaystation.com to find out if there are any stores in your area that are taking part. So you can basically go to these stores in various towns and cities around the United States and play PSVR. PlayStation VR World, E-Valkyrie, Headmaster, Battlezone, and Super Hypercube are the demos that will be shown off to start. So, if you are interested in PSVR, and you should be, as long as your body can take it, because not everyone's going to receive it uh, without getting sick or anything like that, um, this is probably, unless you are in the industry or privy to going to one of these shows, which most of you are not, your first chance to have PlayStation VR headsets uh, accessible to you. So, I would recommend that if you are interested in PSVR, even if you have not gotten your pre-order and you're on the fence, maybe go to PlayStation, uh, I'm sorry, experienceplaystation.com. And see if you want to go go check that out for yourself. Clintimus wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ to get his question read, just like you can. This is, hey, Colin and Greg. E3 has happened. So everyone is always going on about what VR's killer app will be. Do you think that the new Resident Evil game is going to be said killer app and the big reason to get a PSVR this fall? Yes. Interesting. Now, I think that um, that was the first game I saw that I think has obvious mainstream appeal in the AAA space. So we've talked about E-Valkyrie, which we just mentioned, and other games that we've played, and we liked them a lot. But this was the first time I saw a game where I'm like, huh. Now, depending on how it runs and how good it is, it's worth noting that that Resident Evil demo is not in the game at all. So we don't know what the nature of the, the game is. That was the first time I was like, 
That's huge. Like where I was like, that's a huge sure. announcement. Yeah, um, that's not, not a sliver. I know you like the Batman thing from, you know, that, that that's being done over in, in Europe and whatnot, but that's not a game. This is a game, mm-hmm. a triple A game playable from front to finish. So, yeah, I do think that it's going to be one of the big things that sells PSVR. I think it'll be one of the big things that comes out. I don't think it's going to be the uh, golden killer app you're looking for. I think it's not going to work right. I think the fact that you can play it on console without playing it on VR is a huge problem because everyone talks about it. if VR is going to work, it has to be built from the ground up. So the fact that you can play it on a console normally, I don't think it's going to work. And I think it is. It's going to be the first. Yes, I agree. It'll be the first triple A real game that comes out. We're like, this is a fucking game. I'm playing a real game on PlayStation VR. But I think that's going to work against it because I don't think it's going to have. I don't think anything that, that there's going to be the killer app, including Batman. I think Batman's going to be the killer experience somebody comes to your house hey put on this you get to be batman they play for 15 minutes like holy shit that was great i was batman there's more to play i'll play it later or i don't need to play it or da, 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 da. it's an hour long i understand what you're talking about with experience i think this is the year and, I, and i'm saying year from the launch of playstation vr till uh, one year out in october 2017 this is the year of experiences and i don't think you're gonna see anybody drive it home and kill it i think it's gonna be like ps2 where we get a whole bunch of stuff that's cool but not awesome and then all of a sudden there is a metal gear solid there is something there we're like now people have learned the lessons of this and i don't think resident evil has had time to learn the lessons we will it. see that was why the caveat if it works and it's good yeah i think it's going to be good that's okay. my that's my take on it i think it's going to be good i think sony's probably investing a lot of money in that game. i'm looking forward to it my I assumption like. is that that wasn't capcom's choice i want that to be the pt thing i want it to be the game we all want i like the idea of horror and vr but i just oh, worry I about it. how long it's going to idea. be and how much of an experience it is if i can play it on we will see the console as well we will colin we will one more vr question for you colin this from comes from gimp father over it Confunny.com slash PSQ, who says, Hey, Colin and Greg, Mm. I have a question about VR. I am physically disabled. I use a power wheelchair and crutches to get around. I've seen some VR experience that look awesome, i.e. Resident Evil 7, but I'm worried that there will be too much walking and turning on a dime required to enjoy VR. What is your opinion on this topic and your experiences with movement required for VR games? P.S. I love you. XOXO. I don't think that locomotion necessarily is going to be like a, a thing that's it will work eventually in VR. And there are people that are investing in the, that like weird shit, like where the floors move and yep. all that kind of stuff, like uh, to help you move around. So you don't have to basically have an analog sticks at all. But that's not where we are. And that's not what PSVR is. So my bigger concern with him being in a wheelchair is being able to look behind him. Yep. So he's really not like so you might be. But like when I think about the way I play, I'm going to play VR. I don't think I'm going to be playing it any, like I'll probably stand up at first, but eventually, you know, when we get like when we get used to this and acclimated to, we're going to be playing sitting down. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, he, he knows his body obviously better than us, but yeah, he might have some challenges with that. The problem, I think the way around it, I think you are going to have problems. I don't think it's going to be something where you can't experience VR, but I do think you're gonna have to get your PlayStation eye up elevated and pointed down at you. So that when you turn your chair, first off, don't you're, figure out, you're gonna have to come up with a solution for the wires that you're not running over the wires running from your PlayStation VR to your PlayStation four. But also then when you rotate around for, cause there's going to be at least a few games where you have to turn around at mm-hmm. some point to continue the story to get a key to do whatever. And when you do that, you need to make sure the lights on the back of the headset can be seen by the uh, camera. Yeah, it's it's I, I fear to say just kind of ignorantly because I don't know for sure that it's probably gonna be difficult for you, but not because of why you might think not impossible, though. Number two, this is a long one. So bear with me, but I think there's important things in here. It says, according to The Guardian, Sony's Andrew House was taken by surprise by Microsoft's bold and aggressive reveal of their upcoming Xbox One console iteration, codenamed Scorpio. He also spoke about the company's plans for Neo. Specifically, he specifically calls it PlayStation 4 Neo in his own words. So that's interesting. Which uh, And it says here at length is what he had to say. So this is what he had to say. And this is lengthy and this is all cut up. So I'm going to tell you when it's fragmented. Since okay. there are different questions that are asked. And I don't want to read the whole fucking thing. Quote. 
The point of confirming the existence of PlayStation 4 Neo and the bare bones of the plan last week was not about disappointing was about I'm sorry was about not disappointing the fan base who would obviously come to E3 with high expectations of all kinds of announcements. And from past experience, the worst thing you can do is disappoint and pull the rug away from people. That's why we went out last week and said, yes, it does exist, but don't expect it to see it see it at E3. I think it was the right thing to do. Ellipsis. In terms of the right time to talk about Neo, just like every other hardware launch, VR being a good example, it's when you've got a full range of experiences that you can showcase to say, this is why the product's great and this is why we're offering it. And that time is not right now. Ellipsis. I was surprised by the step of announcing something over a year ahead of time. He's talking about Microsoft. Yes. The dynamics of the tech industry are such that there's a much heavier emphasis on immediate gratification than there was. A lot of what I'm sorry, a lot of that is to do with how Apple has very cleverly and elegantly managed the available now approach. So, yes, that was a slight surprise to me. We experienced this ourselves when in 2013, very much in line with our previous strategies, we announced the concept and a name for PlayStation 4. And everyone said, where's the box? How dare you? That was the point we realized, well, we hadn't changed, but the world around us had mm. ellipsis. I don't think we're suggesting with Neo the conventional console lifecycle is over. I'm certainly not making that statement. This is an additional option. It's a high-end version of a PlayStation 4. Let's be very clear about that, rather than a generational shift. Some of our thinking was informed by changes that have happened in the broader tech landscape and the cadence of innovation to which the consumer is now attuned, particularly by smartphones. I'm not suggesting we want to bring the games industry to an 18-month, two-year two cycle because then you would lose an awful lot of fixed-platform benefits we've enjoyed that allow for those really great leaps in game experiences. However, we did think there was an opportunity to reflect on the traditional life cycle and on 4K technology and say maybe there's an opportunity within the course of a normal life cycle to offer something else, something a little bit better for a segment of the market that feels that this is important, end quote. What do you think of all that? That's a lot. That is a lot. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I think here we have a question I want to involve uh, over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. J.D. Marlar says, hello, Colin and Greg. Now that the, now that the Microsoft has officially announced the Scorpio, quote, the most powerful console ever built, should Sony try and at least match the Scorpio specs? If they don't, people might actually get the Scorpio for its vast power, new library of games and obvious Oculus VR that it would support. Sony has stated no benefits for the Neo upgrade. Why get a Pinto when you can get a Porsche? Your thoughts. It's all in the same thing here. Well, let me say this before we even get into it, because there is a number three is pertinent to this. Get it in there. Number three, Eurogamer also reports that PlayStation 4 Neo will indeed launch this year, regardless of not being 83 and regardless of it being rumored to be significantly underpowered compared to Microsoft's Xbox One revision due out in late 2017. Quote, Several sources have indicated to me that PlayStation Neo launches this year despite its E3 no-show. And gotcha. that's according to Eurogamer story. So that, let's throw that in there as well. I feel Sony's committed to it. I think it, I've heard the Eurogamer story before. I've heard Andrew House talk about it. It's real now. It's out there. They need to deal with it. And I think you see House here getting on board with what their messaging is going to be. That it's not meant to compete with the Scorpio. It's just meant to be a high-end PlayStation 4 for 4K resolutions. Is that a smart move? I don't know. No. No. And this is And this is why... See, people, a lot of people were mad at me. It was so shockingly like, I don't know why they think I'm a Microsoft fanboy. I get it from all ends where I was like, the Scorpio is a great idea. And the way they revealed Scorpio is a great idea. It is because at least they're saying like, this is significantly more powerful than what we have already. It's totally backwards compatible. And here are the developers saying they want it. Right. So everyone's like, it's the same thing. I'm like, no, it's not the same thing. They're giving you more space and time between the release. They're announcing it earlier. And it is a fucking quantum leap. Compared to the Xbox One when compared to the Neo versus the Neo's rumored specs sure. versus the PlayStation 4. That's totally fucking different. And the way Microsoft is doing it, I think, is smarter. Now, it is an admission, as we talked about, Patrick Klepik is the one who came up with this, that it is them saying we lost. But also keep in mind that 2013 to 2017 is the same distance between the original Xbox and the Xbox 360. So at that point, you are getting to the point where 
because Xbox came out in 2001, Xbox 360 2005. So you are getting to that point where you can say, well, we did do this in the past and no one sure. had a problem. And that was our most popular console. So I think that you're getting to a point where these, these machines, in other words, it seems like Microsoft is saying like, yes, this is a new machine. It's an Xbox one, but it's a new Xbox one. And it is way more fucking powerful than the old one, like significantly more powerful. Sony can't say that what they can say, according to the rumored specs is we have a PlayStation four. We have a PlayStation four. That's a little bit more powerful than the original PlayStation four. And we have no idea really why you want it. Cause that's basically what I, that's basically what they're showing. I, I don't believe that. And I know a, a Adam boy said on Twitter to someone that, um, uh, days gone being at the end of the, at, at the end of the plan pro, was plans. And that. I believe them, but I also think that Neo needs to be brought back to the drawing board and it might be way too late to do that. They are probably creating, they probably are already creating the components for it. Bless you. Bless you. Uh, bless you. Thank you. They're probably already creating the components for it. If they eat that shit, it's probably going to cost a lot of money. And then, then they're going to have to go back to all these manufacturers, AMD or whoever they're working with and be like, well, we need a stronger set of chips and a stronger components for our machine. And maybe it's too late for them, but they got, if that's true, they got fucking flanked by Microsoft with the Scorpio announcement. And they should have known better because I feel like one hand already always knows what the other hand's doing. There's got to be way too many moving parts for these companies to not know what each other is doing. I just don't believe it. I don't think that like they know the ins and outs of PlayStation 4, the ins and outs of Xbox One, but certainly someone hears a bird chirping from from AMD or something saying like, oh, by the way, like, now I don't know that for sure, but you have to assume someone knows, right? And these people on both sides aren't stupid. And do they not realize that they were like, did they really authentically think that they were going to release this console iteration and not have a much stronger Xbox One? And if so... I really feel like that's a bad thing for them. I feel like this is this is the could be a turning point in the battle between PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Will it be definitive and will it change the outcome? I don't think so because I think PlayStation 4 has trounced Xbox One too badly. But I do think that this puts a di- in the second phase of the battle. I think that this becomes a totally different war with a different complexion than I think you see right now. It'll be fascinating to see. I mean, I always go back to what we talk about. about it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Scorpio. I'm glad they're getting what they want. I've done it. I'm not going to buy it on day one. I have an Xbox one out there. I barely use. Why would I suddenly jump over and do that? And that'll be the whole thing of, I think you're going to see year one, what our adoption rates going to be on Scorpio. And when they are low, why would anyone go out of their way to make a third party game that runs amazing on it? It'll be okay. Cool. You're I'm making a PlayStation four game and I'm uprising it or I'm doing whatever the hell I have to do to make it look a little bit better on Scorpio or to put it on Scorpio to make it work on Scorpio. But I think you're going to get to this point of like, until the numbers there, nobody's going to care. And that's going to be a muddled message when it is. It's not a new generation, but it kind of is. And it's, but it plays. Uh, it's, I think, I think, I think Microsoft's strategy has to be to treat it like a new console. I think that that's a smart move. They can do it. There's enough distance in time between Xbox One, like I said, the launch and the new console where I'm like, they could get away with it. You just have to position it as being like, this is totally and utterly backwards compatible with Xbox One in every way. And the yeah. Xbox Live store, marketplace, whatever in every way and i just think you know obviously the the neo is as well but i just think when people are comparing them being like why are you giving microsoft a pass and sony not a pass i'm like i think it's kind of obvious right like just think about it a little more deeply than you're thinking about it like these they have th- six teraflops they have so many teraflops it's it, it and i still feel like that's a sexual turns term and so it really turns me on but you know just think about it like how are these the same they're not they're not the same just, like the approach isn't the same. The timing is not going to be the same. The power is not the same. The utility is not the same. So I think that, you know, I think that I think you're right in the sense that I don't know that the adoption rate is going to be there for Scorpio. But if they're smart and they have smart marketing teams at Microsoft, if they're smart and market this in, a, in an intelligent way where they can make it seem like it's something that's worth upgrading to and it's affordable and it's powerful 
And it's, you know, the only thing that I think can disrupt this is their own strategy of splitting the Xbox marketplace in between PC and Xbox One, which Mm -hmm. I think is going to be problematic for them moving forward. And Sony's probably not going to do that, which means that a more focused message gives them a more focused ability to hit their audience, which is bigger already. So I I, I think this is complicated, but I just want to make it clear that I think that why is Scorpio a better idea and why do they get a pass and why is it smart compared to Neo? Because it's a fucking way more powerful machine. At least you're justifying it. And so my take is you take that Neo back behind the fucking curtain for a little while and you figure out a, b- a better way to go forward. I think it's going to look really you're going to look really fucking stupid releasing that console if if this Scorpio seems like it's going to be everything it is going to be. And if you're basically just give, leaving yourself open to a salvo of attacks from your opponent in the in the marketplace. Well, the problem is, I think doubling back to what you're saying is you're talking about they need to come out and be smart and market it as an upgrade or whatever. I think it's the opposite. I think you think they need to go out and get everybody who didn't buy an Xbox one. Because I have an Xbox One, so if my games run on this Scorpio and they're Xbox One games, I don't care. I, I'll play State of Decay on my big Xbox One and not worry about it looking pretty or doing whatever for it. And then in terms of the salvo, it comes down to the fact of what does PlayStation need to do? What I mean, I, This has been the problem with Neo 4.5 forever is the fact that there's never been a press conference. There's never been a statement. There's never been a video. You have Andy House giving one interview and then two weeks later giving another interview trying to spin whatever the hell it is. Get out and fucking say what you need to say with this. And it's pretty clear they have, they don't know what they need to say, what they want to yeah, say. I don't it. think they know what they need to say. And I, and I really do believe, regardless of the PR spin, that this has a lot to do with Scorpio. That they're, they're, they've, they've, they're, it's an unforced error. I, I, I'll say, I'll go back to saying that. Like, part of the problem with the, the PS4.5 or the Neo, and they're calling it the Neo, so we know that that's their internal name for it presumably is it, it doesn't justify its own existence unless it's a, a really something that's like different. And so if they came out with this, if they came out or if the rumored specs, cause they just came out recently, but the specs rumored for it were like way like that powerful yeah, yeah. as Xbox uh, Scorpio is going to be, then I'd be like, then I probably would have given it a different look. I think they're just marching down different paths though, where I think PlayStation is totally like, we're so far ahead. We'd like to sell more consoles. Let's make a 4k console, whatever. We're putting out, and if people buy it or they don't buy it, what do we fucking care? It doesn't matter. We've got the consoles in the in people's houses. We're doing the thing. Whereas Xbox has got to make a new system to make people care about Xbox again. But even then, it doesn't work. It, on paper, at least right now. Hey, guy who already owns Xbox One, Greg Miller, why don't you want to buy the, buy this new Xbox? It'll make games look better. It'll have it, it, it'll be backwards. I'm like, I don't care. Hey, person who didn't buy an Xbox One, here's the Scorpion. It's super powerful, and now you can play all those Xbox One you, games you missed. I don't care about you. Those. Don't care, but. To your point that you made earlier with Neo, you're going to buy a Neo, and so so am I. I actually I, probably won't. Oh, you, I don't have you, a 4K you, did, TV. you did say that you were going to buy. Yeah, one. well, this is when it was all rumored specs, and maybe it makes VR run better. And if, if we're just getting down to now, yeah, frame rates are going to be better in 4K. I'm like, no, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, well, because that's what I was going to say was that there are millions of Xbox fans out there that probably would buy the new console if it was more powerful, significantly more powerful. Sure, and that and again that plays your point of when we originally talked about Neo. If Neo would have come out and been faster load times, this is going to happen. VR moves faster. I'd be like, here's my one. I take it. But with this one, it's like if it's just 4K, if that's what if that's the leg we're going to stand on better resolutions, I'm good. I think I think you're right that this is uh, I mean, and we've said this before is a marketing disaster mm-hmm. and who else is a disaster for? And I'll reiterate this again is the developers who now have two consoles with two revisions that they have to deal with the third party. So like Activision Studios and Ubisoft and all that kind of stuff, man, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. This is a pain in the ass for them. Really don't care what anyone says. More work for me. Like, you know, at this point, I've talked, I've heard enough to know that, like, this is a problem. Now, it's not maybe a significant problem. People have gone on the record saying, like, this is what they want or whatever. It's an annoyance. But it is going to be an annoyance. And anyone who thinks it's not going to be an annoyance, not thinking that one through too well. Number four. 
Hideo Kojima's upcoming PlayStation 4 exclusive Death Stranding was officially revealed at E3 2016, but don't expect to actually play it anytime soon. In a conversation with Eurogamer, Kojima revealed that the trailer shown was made in only two and a half months and that he and his team haven't even settled on an engine yet. Quote, outside of my head, I'm making a lot of planning documents, and this time, as I'm trying to do new things. For example, as far as the game engine goes, I want to give Death Stranding a specific look, and look, the trailer is made on one of two candidates. For the new game elements I want to try, you always want to make it, and then evaluate and iterate, and those we are doing on the other game engine candidate. We are getting to a very good point about how we feel about the visuals, so we are very close to making a decision on the game engine, and once that is decided, we will be in full production, end quote. How far out is this game, Colin? I think, I think fall 2019 at the absolute absolute earliest and i would say 2020 is a safer bet yeah and people i mean people are fucking insane out there with the predictions of when they're gonna play this game like yeah right you're gonna play this game in 2018 sure you are the game won't even be in pre-alpha probably by then (laughs) so like to like i i I, and this goes back people have been talking at e3 about sony showing games with no dates right i've heard this for a lot of people and i'm like no i think you're reading it wrong i think that everything you saw is probably aiming for the end of 2017, except for maybe one of them. And I think that's God of War. I think everything else is probably going to be out by t- the end of 2017. At least that's the intent. So I think that like Detroit, I think it's coming out in 2017. I think Days Gone is coming out in 2017. And I should clarify in our video, I talk about how John Garvin told me that 2017 wasn't a safe bet. Someone from Ben later told me that that was basically not true. That, that John Garvin lied to you? Well, that John Garvin... That was, you made it up? That, I, I actually didn't make it up, but but that John Garvin was basically saying, like, it's not safe to assume anything. But but the, his verbiage was clear that he was basically saying that wasn't... that wasn't 2017 was not safe to assume. So they came back to me and they're like, we're further along than that. Okay. So I think that that's a 2017 game, probably fall 2017 as well. So Detroit, uh, Days Gone, obviously Last Guardian's coming out soon, apparently. Uh, so I think all those games are safe. So I think everyone's saying like, well, they're, they're nebulously releasing them. I'm like, I think you're actually wrong. I think they're just gun shy about putting anything specific on these. So they don't have to move things around because everyone gets mad. They do the four blog posts for uncharted four again. This game's a different story. This was stupid. And I don't know why they did this and they didn't have to do it. As to, I said in the to, last to, to nuke everyone. That's why they no, did it. Colin. I don't think just because you hate pomp and circumstance doesn't mean everybody else does. No, that's not. That's not true. I, I'm fine with pop, pop and circumstance when they have a game. They don't even have a fucking game. They have no one to He literally is saying that they're building it on two engines to see which one is. They built the trailer on a different engine than they were building some of the initial ideas to see which trailer or, or, or engine. I'm sorry to see which engine is better. You this is dumb. They didn't need to do this. They didn't even need to do this next year. In fact, it would have been way more exciting if Kojima disappeared off the fucking face of the planet for like three years and then they brought him back. Nah, he's a hot item now. You got to get out there. Can you the imagine coattails. him? Can you imagine in 2018 at E3 Kojima who's been radio silent? Which you see, you can't control him, but like, you know, he's exactly. not doing that's that. the problem. He won't be radio silent. But imagine if they basically made you know, sign, well, he signed with Sony. I mean, they own this game, right? So like, it's like you can do whatever you want, but you're not saying shit about this game. And he comes out 2018 at E3 with a PS4 controller in his hand up to a monitor. It's being displayed on this beautiful thing. And he starts playing the game right to show to show everyone how like what it is. Instead, we get a trailer, which is great. The trailer was very interesting and very mysterious. And I liked it. Very, very Kojima. Yes. But this flies into the face of what is practical, and I feel like they would have won anyway without it. Kojima being there did not materially change the strong showing they had, especially in the beginning of that of that conference. Boom, 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 boom in the beginning. Five exclusives. That was the story. You did not need Kojima there to show this trailer. I don't believe it for a second. We already knew he was working on a game for PlayStation. That's a Sony exclusive. Did not need to see it. This sets expectations. People are going to be asking about this game for five fucking years now. Yeah. Bad idea. And if I was a PR person in Sony, I'd be like, that was a bad idea, you know, because now we have to feel they're going to get questions about this constantly. Every fucking conference is going to get questions about this game. 
Well, even when they don't announce games, though, they get conver- they get questions about it all the time. So who the fuck cares? I don't know. I, I, You're gonna I, get con- I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. Even if this doesn't happen at E3, every time you sit, sit down with anybody from Sony, they're going to ask what's going on with Kojima. The story is the same. He's working on the game. Maybe. But now we got an awesome moment of him walking down the Billy Jean light upstairs and Norman Reedus being naked with a fucking umbilical cord coming out of his cut up belly and his ghost baby. Someone tried to t- pitch me the idea that it was uh, quiet today. I'm like, it's not quiet. Don't worry about it. He's, he's not giving birth to quiet out there. I um, I feel like I would have hid this way better. I would have hid this deal way better. I would have sat on this for a long time, as long as humanly possible. But then and it would have leaked and it would have gotten fucked and everything. That would have just generated excitement. Just say nothing. Yeah, say nothing about it. Say nothing about the game. Nothing about the agreement. Just let people talk and talk and talk and then show them and the excitement will be palpable. But now I feel like you showed them something. This game's not even being built yet. Like it won't end up looking like this, of course. No, and that's fine. But the I, I just in other words, a lot of criticism was leveled at Sony at the conference about showing games too early. And I do not agree that they showed God of War too early. I do not agree. That they showed Days Gone too early. I do not agree that they showed Detroit or any of these games too early. They definitely showed that game way too early. So as they're going to find out in the coming years, you reap what you sow with that kind of shit. Mm. Number five, Quantic Dream's second game, the game the studio made before Heavy Rain is coming to PlayStation 4. It's called Indigo Prophecy if you're American and Fahrenheit, which is a way worse name if you're not. Did you ever play it? No. And the PlayStation 2 port will be coming to PS4. I don't think I did. I heard good things. uh, We'll be coming to PS4 with upscaled 1080p graphics, trophies, and more. It will launch on July 18th, and it will cost $14.99. Greg, a little bit of trivia for you. What was Quantic Dream's first game? Crash Team Racing. Good. I think it was Omicron, right? Wasn't Mm, that the game's name? I remember it had a weird name, yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, Omicron, Peace the Nomad game. Soul on Dreamcast. Sounds like a dork game for dorks. Six years in between Omicron and Fahrenheit. It's one of those reasons I don't know if uh, you're going to count on playing Detroit next year. Five years between Fahrenheit and Heavy Rain, three years between Beyond Two Souls. And now. So, Beyond I think, strikes me as more of a Heavy Rain. I think Detroit will come out next year. Detroit. And by the way, just to reiterate, we already read to Detroit. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Just wanted to throw it out there. Can't wait. Really, really cool. Number six. Dead Rising 4 isn't a Microsoft exclusive after all. Like Rise of the Tomb Raider, its window of exclusivity is very much timed. The exact quote from Microsoft about the game as garnered from GameSpot is the following. Quote, Dead Rising 4 on Xbox One is developed by Capcom and will be published in partnership with Microsoft. Fans will be able to play Dead Rising 4 first on Xbox One and Windows 10 PC this December. It will remain a Windows 10 exclusive for the first 90 days and console exclusive on Xbox One for one year. God damn it. We've had a close and long-standing relationship with Capcom, including the launch of Dead Rising as an Xbox 360 exclusive and Dead Rising 3 as an Xbox One exclusive. We're thrilled to partner with Capcom once again to help bring their ambitious vision for Dead Rising 4 to life, end quote. So there you go. I was right. And people and people and so I was right on Twitter and then people were saying I was wrong. Then it seemed like people at Xbox were saying that I was wrong. Not me personally, but that that whole line of questioning was wrong. But we are indeed right. This is exactly what happened with Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, they just need to learn how to talk a little bit better. Over there. I, they know exactly what they're saying at the show. They said everything was very clear that it was clear that it was an Xbox exclusive Xbox exclusive. And then they came on the Xbox one and PC game. Yeah. They're like, wait, what does that mean? Yeah. Wait, what, what, what does that mean? And then we all said that means it's coming to PS4 eventually. And like, no, it doesn't. Well, I wouldn't, if I was Capcom, I won't, and no offense to Xbox, I wouldn't want to strand Dead Rising 4 on Xbox. Sure. You know, like, you, same with Titanfall. You want to go where the people are. 
every every game developer I talk to wants to have their games on everything. Right. It doesn't matter if they're Xbox exclusive or PlayStation exclusive. They want their games to get to everyone. They spent their life making this game. Number seven. Bethesda's got some huge games in the works. And we're talking about Bethesda Game Studios. Gotcha. Two specifically, and neither of them have been announced. Bethesda's Pete Hines talked to IGN about Todd Howard's two projects, stating, quote, I'm just making sure folks understand. Like, that doesn't mean he's going to spit out a DLC and another DLC and we're head faking. Like, I need folks to understand that we're talking about big games like a Skyrim and a Fallout 4 and a Fallout 3. And those don't just happen. End quote. If you're looking forward to one of those being the Elder Scrolls 6, however, temper your expectations. Oh, no. Quote, you're not getting Elder Scrolls 6 for many years. Oh, no. End quote. Was his was what Pete Maybe said. he's head faking there. I don't think so. Damn. So that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what it means. It means he got some more games coming. Number eight. The new God of War game takes place in Scandinavia during the pre-Viking Norse era. But did you know the game nearly took place in ancient Egypt instead? Oi, Governor me, Queen of the Nile. I don't think that's the way Egyptians talk. The game's creative director, Corey Barlog, told Eurogamer that, quote, Egyptian mythology was the other one talking about Scandinavia or Egypt. And half the team was way into that. All of them had great reasons. I think for me, as I looked at both of those, Egyptian mythology is about the pharaohs as embodiments of the gods on Earth, and there's a lot more about civilization. It's less isolated, less barren. I think at this time, we really wanted to focus on Kratos. Having too much more, having too much around distracts from that central theme of a stranger in a strange land, end quote. I think that's actually a great explanation. Mark Mills, 00, says, Hi, guys. Do you think the new god of war, you end up... Do you think in the new God of War, you end up playing as the child? I noticed in the trailer that you gain knowledge once the child says or does something. Such is shooting the deer. From what I don't think you're going to end up playing as... I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if for a section you do, but overall, no. And you can control them with the square button. That was the big thing. Of, when you're talking about it in our Behind Closed Doors demo, of when you go, you'll go into certain things, and like in the demo, when he shoots one of the, one of the arrows, it's because the guys hit square. Uh, and another part, it'll be that you walk in, and there's two like uh, big guys, and then like 13 little guys, and you can either turn... And hit square so the guy helps you with the big ones or you can hit square and have him focus on the little guys and you go off and do everything but they did point out the fact that yeah the knowledge and stuff is you teaching your son it is this system of everybody learning together kind of thing but I don't think you end up playing a, a healthy portion of it I wouldn't be surprised if like another game that was I was gonna say exclusive. like a specific game that you're gonna be mad that we spoiled even though it came out you know years ago somebody hit me up about persona the other day I'm like all right get fucked boy I can't help you can't, I'm sorry that I said something about Persona. Oh right, yeah, Persona, Persona Four. <laughs> yeah, came out in 2008. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think I really spoiled it. I think that I made a joke about a spoiler, and they thought it was real, and they bit on that. But to, anyway, to your point, maybe a little bit. But I, I like one section when Kratos gets like knocked out for something. But mm. I think the majority of it is going to be teaching him, mm. showing these things. Mm, mm. The real question, of course, is going to be: Is at the end of the game, does Kratos die, and you take over as the son mm. from there on out? It'd be interesting because they made it sound in the behind closed doors part of like. That you know, the original God of War games were Act One of Kratos's life. This is going to be Act Two, and so if it's Act Two, if he dies in the first part of Act Two, that's weird. Mm, I agree. Number nine, it's the final one, and there is no wrap up this week because no, nothing new was announced outside of E3 yet. That would be a mistake. Number nine, it's official. Your decisions in Mass Effect Three won't have any sort of effect on Mass Effect Andromeda. BioWare head Aaron Flynn and the game's creative director Mac Walters confirmed to Eurogamer that nothing from the original trilogy will alter Andromeda. Quote, we want this to be a new story and it would be very hard to say it's a new story, but also that you need to understand how the past trilogy ended. End quote. Makes enough sense. Disappointing to hear the least, but confirmation. Expected, I would say. Yeah. And that's it for the news. Colin, mm. if I wanted to know what games that were coming out the week after you threw, I've seen so many cool games, so many things I want to play. I got your personas out there. I got your days gone. Where would I go to find out what's in the mom and grop shops digitally and physically? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, sometimes PSP software by the kind of funny co-founders. 
a lot of games this week. Nothing I would say too notable, no. but we'll see. I mean, that's up to the you know the, in the eye of the beholder, as it were. Assemblance comes to PS4 digitally. It says Assemblance is a single-player first-person psychological thriller. You wake to find yourself trapped inside an experimental machine, a machine built to simulate memories. You have no idea how you got here, but to break the cycle, you must look into a past that you may not want to remember. That sounds cool. Is there any? Art? Is this one of the ones with no screenshot? It's just yep, a black box that says Assemblance. Get fucked. Come on. Deadlight Director's Cut comes to PS4 Digital. A zombie outbreak eradicated all hope of life for turning to normal. Now survival is the only option. Run, hide, and fight your way through the undead as Randall searches for his family in this gorgeous, gritty, destroyed world. Deadlight Director's Cut is the ultimate Deadlight experience with enhanced controls, new animations, and new game modes. Drawful 2 comes to PS4 Digital. I love Drawful. Mm. Says the team behind the hit party games Fibbage, Quiplash, and You Don't Know Jack represents... Drawful 2, the game of terrible drawings and hilariously wrong answers. Use your phone or tablet to draw weird and funny things like Pitcher of Nachos or Death by Trombone. Drawful 2 includes new features like the ability to add your own user-generated prompts to make even crazier custom games with your friends, as well as expanded tools for streaming. Dreamles Dream Quest comes to (laughs) PS4 Digital. There is a world of dreams called Dreamland where anyone can have their wishes granted. Three wounded and homeless animals happen to enter Dreamland. Will they be able to find the lost treasure of Dreamland and save the world? Scrolling down, Electronic Superjoy comes to PS4 digitally. Electronic Superjoy is a challenging platformer featuring a pulse-pounding soundtrack by EMD superstar Envy. Oh, Run, yeah. jump, fly, and smash your way through 50-plus unique levels featuring low gravity, world rotation, giant monsters, and swarming missile attacks. Funk of Titans comes to PS4 and Vita digital cross by. Funk of Titans is a thrilling and addictive game, simple and fun to play, but hard to master. You will control Perseus, the son of Zeus and protector of the legendary holy music, the funk. Run across ancient Greek mythology, risk your life jumping over crazy platforms, collect funky vinyl, beat enemies, wear epic costumes, ride the legendary Pegasus, and smash the evil musical titans in fierce dance battles. Is this just an endless runner? It sounds like it's an endless runner. I don't know. Grand Kingdom comes to PS4 and Vita. This is notable. Digital. In Grand Kingdom, you will join the war for Rizanael's future in this tactical RPG. Recruit units from among 17 unique class types, arrange your custom battle formations, and lead your troops to victory. Take part in exposing a sinister conspiracy in a thrilling thrilling single-player campaign, or form a contract with one of the four great nations, and join the war effort online. Mighty No. 9 comes to PS4 and PS3 digital. PS4 version is also retail. Mighty Number no. 9 is a Japanese 2D side-scrolling action game that takes the best elements from 8 and 16-bit classics that you know and love and transforms them with modern tech, fresh mechanics, and fan input into something amazing. I don't know that any of that's true. MXGP2, the official motocross video game, comes to PS4 digital and retail. Prepare to live the motocross dream. Race on 18 official tracks of the 2015 season of the MXGP Championship. Experience the thrill of MXON. I don't know what the fuck that means. Show your worth on the four spectacular indoor tracks, but that's not all. Create your own team and rider, and don't forget to enhance the performance of your bike with the countless accessories from the biggest brands in motocross. Nero, nothing ever remains obscure, comes to PS4 Digital. This comes out on the 24th, so it is a Friday release. Nero is a wonderful journey in a world of incredible beauty, a story-driven game with puzzles and intuitive controls where the environment is connected to the characters and their past. The world of Nero is magical and varied, making exploring an ongoing challenge. Oh, wow, an ongoing challenge. That sounds... So exciting. Pac-Man 256 comes to PS4 Digital. Pac-Man 256 is the maze that never ends, but the glitch is coming for you. Waka Waka on Pac Dots. Because that's what he says. I know. And take on a new gang of revived retro ghosts, including Sue, Funky, and Spunky. Outsmart them with more than 20 ridiculous power-ups. Don't think that I will. Although I like Pac-Man Championship Edition very much. Pirates Treasure Hunters comes to PS4 Digital. Suck it. It says a new free-to-play experience is here. 
Scrolling on. Professional Farmer 2017 PS4 Digital comes out on Friday. It's a 24th release. Get ready for the rural lifestyle. This game is set on your own farm. Enjoy the life of a farmer with all its amazing tasks and challenges. Drive your original vehicles, cultivate your fields, take care of your animals, and market your produce. Different seasons and weather conditions guarantee realistic game fun. Can't wait for realistic game fun. And finally, Umbrella Corps comes to PS4 Digital. Been waiting for this one for a while. Join the core. Umbrella Corps brings a new competitive experience featuring new types of strategy and techniques blended with elements from the world of Resident Evil to create a unique kind of shooter. And that is it for the games. Colin, it's time for topic of the show. Tots, 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 tots. If you don't remember, ladies and gentlemen, in the last regular non-E3 edition of PSI Love You XOXO, our annual tradition continued of making predictions for what would happen at the PlayStation press conference. And our good friend, Mitchell Morgan, was there to document it all. So Mitchell Morgan writes in to go through the results with us. He says, E3 predictions dash results. Hey, guys. It's that time of year again. The time of year when Colin loses whatever shred of trust he still has in me. Again. But I persist. And I present you with the results of your E3 2016 predictions. But first, I've got an old one for you. A bet. That must be addressed. Way back in 2013, Podcast Beyond episode 318, Greg bet Andrew Goldfarb that there would be a tongue-in-cheek reference to the characters from DreamWorks animated movie Madagascar and Uncharted 4. Quote, there will be a cave painting that will have the hippo, the giraffe, and the other thing, Greg said. Now that Uncharted 4's dust has settled and we've all had time to explore Madagascar for ourselves, it's safe to say that no such reference was made. The wager, as was standard at the time, was one pizza. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg again. I hey, appreciate you. Was Greg you. before. Uh, well, you was, reading but I, but I'm reading Mitchell Morgan's thing. Now you need, I'm coming out of the right, quote okay, as you would do. Okay. You know what I'm saying? End quote mm-hmm. here. I have made, I pay, I sent Andrew Goldfarb a pizza today. I'm inserting the photo here. You can see it's a delicious Buffalo Ranch pizza from Escape from New York Pizza. It is an extra large. I put it out there. The bet the bet has been paid. All debts are settled. I appreciated that everyone on Twitter had a problem with the fact that it's a $35 pizza. Welcome to San Francisco, mm-hmm. everybody. We're not joking when we say this place is ungodly expensive. Mitchell continues. Now to the important stuff. As a reminder, Colin was the winner of the last E3 prediction show. Of course I was. Now, shall we get into it? We should. We shall. Tim is up first. His prediction was that Final Fantasy 15 will be a PS4 bundle and will be bundled with a Final Fantasy 7 demo. Mitchell Morgan's results. A Final Fantasy 15 bundle was not shown and we didn't hear a word about Final Fantasy 7 or a demo. Zero points. Tim's next prediction. Neo will be shown. It would be called PS4K. $399 US dollars. Out in November with a PS4 price drop down to $299. Some type of trade-in service will be offered. Mitchell Morgan. No mention of the Neo at the show. Zero points. Tim. Destiny 2 teaser. Mitchell Morgan. No Destiny either. Zero points. Tim. Something Crashy B will be announced. Mitchell Morgan. Oh my god. Crash is coming to Skylanders. And the old games are getting remastered. That's cool too. One point. Persona 5. Release date announced. It's day and date with Japan. September 25th. Was that, was that, were you trying to time that with the Skylanders one? There's too much time in there. Uh, is do, that what he said? That there would be something crash related announced? Uh, I don't recall anymore. I mean, this is what Mitchell Morgan's written down. Go on. This is, oh, did you, I thought you clicked it again. I was like, that is a terrible response time on whatever soundboard you're using. Go on. Persona 5 release date. Da, 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 da. Nothing about Persona 5 release date was mentioned at the conference. Zero points, says Mitchell Morgan. Mitchell Morgan's uh, tally for Tim, one point. Colin, 
Colin's prediction was Horizon will be delayed to February. They will announce a specific release date. New gameplay trailer. They will come on stage and apologize for the delay. Mitchell Morgan's result. The controversial one. Here we go. Horizon was delayed to February 2017, but not at the conference. No date was ever discussed on stage, nor was an apology given by the devs. But a new gameplay trailer was shown. 0.33 points to Colin Moriarty. I'm going to dispute this, but not until I see how the rest of this shakes out. Go ahead. Colin's next prediction. PS4 Slim model will come out this summer and be 24... No, I'm sorry. 249.99. Drop the PS3 and Vita to 99.99. Mitchell Morgan. I respect how many points you tried to squeeze out of this one, Smiley Emoticon. You know how I play the game. But none of these things happen. Zero points. You know how I play the game, son. Colin says, God of War 4 revealed, not called God of War 4, Norse mythology related, developed by Sony Santa Monica. 2017 release window, this will be the game showcasing the Neo. Mitchell Morgan reports, there was no release window given and no Neo support announced, but the rest was right on the money. 0.66 points. I'll take it. Colin Moriarty, Dead Don't Ride announced. It's Sony Ben's new project, Fall 2016. Mitchell Morgan says, Dead Don't Ride was announced under the name Days Gone. Still counts, Mitchell Morgan says. As I Sony- agree. It was, I'm telling you guys it was called that for years. I heard that name for years. I wouldn't have given you the points, but I don't argue with Mitchell Morgan. That's bullshit. You're not going to tell me that Ben's game wasn't called Dead Don't Ride when we heard about it. I'm sure it was, but that wasn't what you, that wasn't what the, you predicted. Right. You, pre- you know what I mean? You predicted okay. something here in the fucking show that you no longer want to listen to. As Sony Ben's new project, but we were not given a release date. 0.66 points. I'll take it. Colin's final prediction. All first party games will be shown running on Neo, causing a Twitter shitstorm. Sony will say the games are running on Neo. Sony will say the games are running on Neo, but they will never show the games on the OG PS4. Mitchell Morgan reports. If the Neo was shown at the if the Neo was at the show, this would have been a shoe in. But no Neo, then like that slanted mouth emoji, like the like the Jim Halpert. Zero points. Now, this is true, and I want to re- want to reiterate that in no fewer, I think, than three behind closed doors demos uh, I was in. So I think, and, and I, I can't verify for sure, they said it in God of War when we were there. Yeah. They said it in Horizon, and I think they said it in Detroit. Because people, and my people demo asking, people ask, is this right? I, they all said that the games are running on regular PS4, and Shuhei Yoshida did say, and I was told that none, none of that was running, nothing was running on Neo. There. Sure. So we have to take their word for it. We do. Greg. My first prediction was conference ends with a Naughty Dog trailer. Last of Us Universe without Ellie. Mitchell Morgan says nothing from Naughty Dog at E3. Zero points. I said Hideo Kojima is in the building. He will give details on his game with some concept art. Maybe there's a video teaser. Mitchell Morgan says Hideo Kojima was on the E3 stage. While he didn't give any details on his game or show off any concept art himself, there was a video teaser. 0.66 points. I would dispute that. I, for the I might point. even dispute that on your behalf, but I'm going to see how it shakes out because I want to win. I know. I understand 100%. I think that I should get a full point there, but it's no big deal because I put the maybe. But anyways, uh, my next prediction was Ed Boon gives an Injustice 2 demo. PlayStation owners get an exclusive character, Guy Gardner. <laughs> Mitchell Morgan reports, no Injustice at this year's show, but we got some Spider-Man from Insomniac, which was nice too. Zero points. Detroit become, my, my next prediction, Detroit become human. Gets a substantial gets substantial stage time, and it's coming out this fall. Detroit had a trailer at the show, but no release date was announced. 0.5 points. Mm. Then mine. The word Vita gets said no more than three times. Mitchell Morgan reports. I'm so sad I have to give you a point for this, but one point. No Vita anywhere. Bringing my final tally, Greg Miller, to 2.16. There is a Wait new a Jesus Christ in the PlayStation universe, and it's me. Hashtag Greg was right. Wait a minute. Hashtag Greg forever. Hashtag love wins. For once, love wins. Positivity wins. 
Now, oh my God! I want to go back down to the wire. I want to go back and dispute. I still think I should be given the full point for Horizon. You should not be given the full point for Horizon. They delayed the game. They announced the release date and they apologized for it on a PlayStation blog post instead of doing it on a stage two days before the show. Exactly. Not at E3. So your E3 prediction fucked. You can slice this onion any way you want to, Moriarty, but I came away with it. I slipped in there and I put it in. Come here, Lola. We did it. Fine. Broken clocks right twice a day, Greg. Here you go. <laughs> I don't know where we were in the sheet. I fucked it up. Sorry. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, before we jump out, I thought there was a question that actually is interesting pertaining to some of this and what we've been talking about. It's an E3 related question. It involves a good friend of ours, Hoopy91. Hoopy! From kindoffunny.com slash PSQ where you can go to get your question read. He says, hi, Colin and Greg. I want to know, why do publishers slash developers hold behind closed doors demos at E3? What's the point when you come out and tell us what was in it anyway? Thanks, Stephen from Scotland. The answer is easy, is that fact that at a press conference, there's only so much time. Hoopy 91. You can't come out there and talk at length for 30 minutes about every game that comes out. But behind closed doors, you can. You can go in there. You can have journalists get a chance to ask questions. You can have them report back on the information they see. If, you know, Especially what works really well for us and for you as fans is the fact that with so many different sessions going on, so many different people getting in there, they get a chance to get more information out of them, right? We don't, if we don't all ask the same question, if we ask different questions when we get in there, you get more variety, more information. But mainly it's a chance to go in there and have people get in depth with the systems. You know what I mean? We saw we go in your see days gone again. It's the same demo but played differently. They run around, they show you a little bit more, they sh- they you know, do a little more sabotage, then you, get, you we get to ask questions about the bike. They'll address the HUD. They'll talk about maybe if they're on target for a 2017 release date or not. It's the stuff you wouldn't get out of a press conference. The idea is that there's no easy way for you to go out there, ask your questions. So again, we're standing in when we go out there to talk to people for you and get nitty gritty with games. Nope. I think you're right. (sighs) Colin, Mm. it's trophy time. It is. What do you got for me this week? What's the Uh, What trophies are popping? So the one thing I thought was interesting. So every once in a while, a trophy list is somehow updated or, or tweaked and it pops back up to the top. Even if it's an old game. Yeah. This week, tutorial shooting game popped back up. Do you remember this? No. When the PS before the PS4 came out, the very first list of PS4 trophies that ever come up was tutorial shooting game, huh. and we thought that it was going to be like a welcome park yeah, yeah, yeah. style game, and it popped back up. And what I'm wondering is why this happened. None of the trophies have ever been acquired, and I'm wondering if they're going to some if this thing still exists somewhere, and like it's either now oh, now it's a welcome park game for PlayStation VR. Well, what I'm wondering. It, it could be a VR thing. Tutorial shooting game, I wonder if it's something that was given to devs to be like, this is how the trophy structure works and this is how you mm. embed them or whatever. Nonetheless, if you guys go to Exophase or actually go to PSN profiles rather, you'll see that that popped back up to the top, which I thought was interesting. Um, so other trophies that are up that I think might be interesting uh, aren't many. Uh, Pac-Man 256's trophies are alive. Uh, seven bronze, one silver, two gold. Um, unlock every power up is the gold trophy as well as fully upgrade every power up is a gold trophy fully upgrade a power up is a silver trophy the rest are bronzes score 256 in single player complete 16 missions etc 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 this game bards gold that I think looks pretty cool on PS4 and Vita has trophies 9 bronze 3 silver 1 gold uh, this well, one popped up what looks cool about it, it it's a familiar. 2D side scroller they wrote a blog post about it the it week before three. it came out last week but why are the trophies loading now I guess we can't talk about them because they're not loading 
Uh, let's see. We we're talking about that game of semblance. Yes. Um, three sounds cool. Three bronze, memories. three silver, two gold. Okay. Also not loading. You on the right internet? Yeah. Because some games are loading and some games aren't. This happens sometimes over at uh, PSN Profiles. Uh, over at Exophase, I'm not seeing anything too new. A lot of Xbox One stuff's popping up. Actually, we can look at Assemblance's trophies over here because they'll actually load. Uh, so those eight trophies that I told you about. So let's see. Uh, the two golds are you're almost free and you entered the green shift. Enter the green so these shift. These are story driven. You entered the blue shift gives you a silver. Explore another perspective for the truth and enter the corrupt memory or silver trophies. You tried to shut down the AI again. What did you think was going to happen is a bronze trophy. You found the AI shut down switch and used it. Bronze trophy. Force the chamber to power cycle bronze trophy. So Force the chamber. Story driven trophy. So nothing new to too new and exciting. Okay. Um, the dust is settling from E3. That's indeed and nothing like triple A or really super exciting to a vast majority of our audiences coming out this week. I don't think. Unless you count Grand Kingdom, which I think people will be excited about. Pac-Man looks pretty cool. And obviously, my number nine, you're morbidly curious about, aren't you? But we talked about those trophies many a moon ago. Colin, mm. let's do some reader mail. Let's. Uh, I want to start. Maelstrom. Uh, mail pattern baldness. I want to start with a game for me three that we're finally able to talk about. Mr. Brian, who goes by the name Mr. Brian. Leo Gray Fox. Hmm. On kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, where you can submit your question, says, Hey, Greg and Colin, my question is related specifically to the Spider-Man PS4 announcement. Prior to the announcement, Colin expressed hesitation to get excited about a Sucker Punch Spider-Man game, mostly because he wants to see Sucker Punch do their own thing and not be weighed down by an already existing IP. Now that we know Insomniac is doing Spider-Man, Colin, do you still share these sentiments? Being such a huge fan of Resistance, I would assume you'd rather see them create their own IPs, or perhaps continue that one. I'm excited to see a developer who knows what they're doing make a Spider-Man game. A great character, I'm sorry, a character near and dear to my heart. But, wanted to get your thoughts. Thanks for your hard work. I really, 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 really like you. Sincerely, Mr. Brian. Mr. Brian. Uh, yeah, I feel totally differently. First of all, Sucker Punch has one team. I mean, they might have two teams now, but they always went really made games as one team. So I didn't want their only team or the only output of the studio to be a Spider-Man game. Uh, I think that would have been a huge mistake and a huge misuse of resources. And I think Sony would probably agree. Insomniac isn't owned by Sony, so I don't really care, you know, from the first party perspective what they're doing. But uh, they have like five teams. And uh, by the way, the leadership of Sunset Overdrive isn't working on this game. So... Um, you know, Drew Murray, our friend Drew Murray doesn't even work at Insomniac anymore. He was one of the creative directors on Sunset Overdrive. Mm-hmm. And our friend Marcus Smith is who's the other creative director from Resistance and from Sunset Overdrive, um, is not working on that game either. He's working on a VR game. So you imagine um, the team though is So some of the team is there, but I'm saying the dynamic at the top, I mean when I when that game was announced, or when we really heard about that game actually, because we heard about the game long before. long before it was announced, um, and we knew that Insomniac was working on it. Um, that was my assumption. Um, but that's not the case. Uh so no, I think that Insomniac is exactly the studio you want to make this game. And uh, that makes perfect sense to me. People are mad that it's a PlayStation 4 exclusive, but I think it makes sense within that Sony ecosystem that's starting to work better together, a little more symbiotic relationship between the movies and all this kind of stuff. So even though so I I feel totally different now that I'm actually relieved when I heard that Insomniac was making that game and not Sucker Punch before E3, I was totally relieved. I still would love to see Sucker Punch. I don't think it would have been a mistake. But jumping off what you're saying there, a Walt 08 wrote and said, hey, guys, what are the chances that Insomniac Spider-Man game is ready to go near the time of Spider-Man Homecoming when it hits theaters in July 2017th? It seems too soon, but it's the kind of synergy we usually see from Spider-Man games. No, it's not. That's happen. the whole reason you won't see it is that this is not the old Marvel anymore. And I think that's why I'm so excited about this, about whatever Marvel's doing with Telltale, about whatever's going on behind closed doors when Marvel talks about video games. I, I've said this a few times but when we went to see age of ultron that was when marvel debuted their new strategy for doing video games they introduced their new video game team and it was 
We're not making them internally. We're not partnering with one publisher. We're not doing what we did before, which would have been, yes, Activision. All right, give it to Beanox and give them nine months to turn around a Spider-Man game. It would have been mediocre and it would have been garbage. And I think when you look at this, they are looking at what DC Warner Brothers has done with Batman, where if you remember, there could have easily been a Dark Knight video game. They canceled one, the story goes, that it was it was so bad that they canceled it rather than try to time it with the movie and instead said, Rocksteady, take your time. Batman will matter when Batman comes out. And that's exactly what happened. They let Rock City work on their own path. It wasn't trying to tie into a movie. It wasn't trying to be another throwaway superhero game. I think that you will not... I do not think you're going to see Spider-Man next year even. Based no, on that as far as I teaser. understand, you're not going to see Spider-Man next year. I mean, yeah. that's as far as I understand. Uh, I think the game's pretty early still. Yeah. Um, so, I think that was pretty obvious by the thing because everybody who sees that trailer is like, I want to see a villain. And I was like, well, I would like to see a title. Like, keep in mind, you saw, <laughs> you just saw a teaser trailer for a game that ended in a hashtag. Like, there isn't a game yet. This was another announcement of, hey, we're doing something really cool and something unexpected. And it's exciting for PlayStation fans, but I think it's more exciting for comic book fans of seeing Marvel finally go like, let's take a breath and let's take this seriously. Let's get on the level of making a Batman. Let's make our characters matter. And then it gets exciting to see, well, what are they doing with Iron Man, Captain America, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy. What is happening outside of mm. one guy here? And so, yeah, I don't think this is tied in the movie. I think one of the reasons the suit looks really weird is because they want to make sure you look at it and go, that's not the movie. That's not the comic. This is its own thing. That's what I took away from that trailer is like you jump into it, you see it and you're like, it's Spider-Man, it's Peter, but it's not a version we know of that. Hopefully it's going to be that Batman Arkham Asylum feel where they step in and it's our own playing field, which, you know, obviously a little bit was like the animated series, but they made changes here and there. Yeah, I think that um, uh, th- I think this is a good fit. And I also think for PlayStation fans, it's nice to see Insomniac back in the fold 100 uh, percent with Ratchet. And I assume you will get a Ratchet, another Ratchet game because the other Ratchet the game did so well. And I think that'll be really fun. And then they're making the Spider-Man game. So they're totally back in the fold, at least partially, which I think is cool. Colin, after abandoning us like a bunch of traitors. Yeah. Now they are tail between their legs. Gamer on the weekends wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can and says greetings and salutations from Chile. Here's my question. Was the Days Gone reveal a disappointment? I don't see anyone talking about it. After years of Colin hyping us up, finding out that this is a Walking Dead-like story with no innovations whatsoever made me feel like Colin was wrong on this one. Now that some time has passed and you have time to process all the E3 news, I would like to hear your opinions on this lackluster reveal. Any, always happy to hear you guys. Great job at the E3 coverage, Pablo. No, uh, I don't think it's disappointing. Now, when we heard about this game a long time ago, multiple, you know, over the years, basically, mm-hmm. we heard the name and we we heard that it was a motorcycle game, like a game about motorcycles. And we heard gangs, yeah. like gangs. And we heard that it was a zombie game. I mean, those were ba- and it was open world. That was basically all we knew. And we got all those things, I think. Now, I, as I said in our video about Days Gone, and as we and as I think people are talking about, I think there's a bit of a marketing challenge here, not only because of the saturation of the zombies, which I think even Bend admitted, like I, I, they said something. Jeff Ross, who's one of the designers, basically was like said something along the lines of you risk crossing that paradigm every year, right. like because I, and I think that I, I and I think in terms of classic zombies, I think The Walking Dead is basically it at this point like i think that if like it wasn't so high quality i think people would be fucking over it i'm certainly over it that's why i stopped watching the walking down like all right enough the last us had their own interesting take on it um and i actually think this takes even more interesting and the reason but it's a way for them to market it in 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 an effective way as more than a showcase of a technical showcase which the game is like as people pointed out like the fact that that game runs the way it does with that many fucking characters on screen is actually really remarkable and that's why they went i think with unreal engine 4 which is unusual for a first party game uh but 
the cool thing I think about this is that the freakers, which are the bad guys, are not dead. They're not zombies. They're alive. They mm-hmm. eat. They drink. They sleep. Um, and um, they're in a huge horde. And you have to whittle down their numbers and stuff like that. Uh, well, I was hyped to see the game. I had never seen it. And I didn't really know anything about it. But I'm not really responsible for hyping you up. I just told you that the game existed. And a lot of people have known that behind you know behind the scenes for a long time. So you're you have to keep your own expectations in check, but I think it's safe to have high expectations for this game. That's my personal take of it. I don't know if you agree having seen it, uh, but I think it is safe to have a high expectations for this game. I don't think it's going to be The Last of Us, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that I saw why it's going to be fun in the in the trailer. Yeah. Um, and in the gameplay that we saw, I saw the game played extensively. So I don't know. That's my take on it. I don't know if you agree. Or I'm looking forward to it. I don't. I don't think it's a shoe in. I don't think what I saw. I was like, oh yeah, clearly this is gonna this is gonna pan out. And be awesome. I think there's promise there. I love Sam Witwer. I like the story trailer they showed. I, I want to get into what's happening in the MC and how that's going. In terms of the horde, yeah, the horde looks great. But it, you know, I, it is one of those gameplay demos where it was. I, I, it, it has been interesting. What Pablo says, like no one's talking about it. It's true. Like that, I was, you know, I did a gamer fights right after and uh, on Friday after, and we went through like we're debating all the conferences. And uh, Matt Pat did not; it was running through the Sony thing, and this was not one of the things he brought up, which is like insane to me. But, but I mean, it's as not, a PlayStation fan, sure. it's insane. PlayStation fans know this game, like, right? I mean, like, I, I mean, what do you mean? I mean, you know, like our hardcore audience, yeah, knows it's Ben's game and that they've been waiting. But I don't think they came out and knocked it out of the park with the demo. I think the demo looked good. I think it was crazy to be shooting 800 bullets and making it look like it was spray and pray when it's not. You talk to them behind closed doors and it's like, well, things are going on behind the system. This is a late game mission. When you start, you won't get mm-hmm. here. But like I would have much preferred like when they were when they were running through and talking a little bit about like because I asked like, well, what's the bike Can the bike be destroyed? And like, well, you saw that there was a gas gauge and there was a different engine gauge. And like I would be much more interested in seeing them going out and taking on a smaller group of uh, um, freakers and going through and taking things out and showing me how those systems work. Because I do I do think that. I think what you're dealing with is two different things. Expectations, I, I throw out the window. That doesn't matter. But I think you're talking about the fact that when I think of a Sony Bend game, what I saw on the screen wasn't a Sony Bend game at glance. When we sit there and we go behind closed doors and we talk to John Garvin, we talk to Eric Jensen, we have them talk about the game and the story and all this different stuff. I'm like, there it is. That's the game. But what you showed was just not a Dead Rising clone, but I mean something similar to that of like, all right, there's hordes of zombies and we're shooting and we're running and we're doing this and they're doing that. And it looks beautiful and I love what I'm seeing. But I can totally understand while what we're talking about, where there is, is, you know, zombie fatigue or just it's another zombie game. It I think it got chalked up that way because, yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I think that, you know, I'm, I look at it this two different ways. And we always talk about the management of the studios or whatever. The word has it that Ben had uh, a couple of false starts mm-hmm. after Golden Abyss, probably a couple of Vita games that were canceled, at least one. Um, and I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I've heard. And I think you've heard the same scuttle, thing. But yeah. And. So whether or not that's true or not, something was happening in 2012, 2013 at that studio where they whatever they were working on didn't get off the ground. And that happens. That happened to Sony Santa Monica, too, with their canceled game before God of War. But it was done by a different team. That was Stig's game, who's now at Respawn. So I think that the game got going a little late. And, you know, I think that it might be it might have been a game that was greenlit at a different time in the zombie zeitgeist, as let's call let's call it. But I still think that they have something big on their hands with this game. Not huge, not revolutionary. Like I said, Horizon is going to be huge if they execute that game properly. That game is fucking awesome. And I don't think that 
what I saw of Days Gone is fucking awesome. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I want to be clear that it looks fun to yeah, play. It looks fun to play. And I think that, you know, yeah, Matt, who, who, who said Matt, uh, Pat. Matt Pat or whatever uh, said that. Yeah. Like, well, if you're not a hardcore PlayStation fan, you might not know Ben or you might not care. But for the PlayStation audience, that was a pretty significant reveal, I think. But and, the, well, I mean, then, but then we have Pablo saying it was a disappointment. Like, that's right. the difference. You know, what well, I mean? that's but what I'm saying is, like, I think we have to give Ben the benefit of the doubt because I think they're playing behind the eight ball right now compared to some of the other sure. studios. And I don't think and why I want to talk about the management of the studios is I just don't believe that Shuya Yoshida would have given them all this time to make a game that is garbage you know and i do and, not and, think the game's garbage at all don't get me wrong i'm not saying i'm so i'm so stoked for it i want to play this game but i want to play the game they talked about not necessarily the game they showed sure i understand that but what i'm saying is sony isn't afraid to pull the plug on games that don't work we mm-hmm. have to remember that that happened with stig's game and remember me which was a don't nod game the game they did before life is strange was supposed to be a playstation exclusive capcom published it later and went multi-platform because sony walked away from it yeah. and sony also walked away from that other fucking game being made in spain i can't remember the name of it right now rhyme yeah so they're walking away from games sure. after significant investment, financial investment. In Except them. that last guardian. Except for the last guardian, which for some reason they won't let go. Uh, so I think that you can kind of read the tea leaves in a more positive sense in this, but I get it. Like you have to see more of the game, but you know, n- not knowing anything, but what we're told. And I mean, like I've tried to like, sh- you know, fucking talk to people about this game in the past. No one said anything to me about this game that like would know mm-hmm. uh, like firsthand. We went out with Eric Jensen once and like, you know, busted his balls and he wouldn't tell us anything about anything about the game. You know, like he didn't even say a word. No, he didn't say a fucking I was like, word. how are you, Eric? And he's just like, he just stared at us and, and ate his fucking cheeseburger. So, you know, like you have to kind of we're trying for you and for ourselves to piece the, the pieces, put the pieces together for you. And Days Gone, I think, is one of the more intriguing games. Now, I think that one of the things that's unfortunate for this game, with the exception of The Last Guardian, of those five exclusive games that they showed, is that it's certainly like the least interesting out of those. The Last Guardian is imminent. And I think people are curious about it. I think there, it's, I don't think a, it's even if you don't care about that game, there's a morbid curiosity yeah, to see what is going to happen. Exactly. And I don't think it's going to pan out great, but we'll see what happens. I hope it does. I hope it's great. Uh, um, Detroit. God of War and Horizon are really fucking big, good ga- looking games. And so when you put Days Gone next to it, which is a little mysterious, is a little bit less of a, a push behind it. It's like, oh, God of War game. And this this new Horizon is like this new, I really think going to be this monster IP for them. And Detroit, which is like a story driven, really impressive looking kind of uh, choice based game. Yeah, Days Gone doesn't look very well. What if we saw Days Gone like we should have at PSX and which I think would have been the perfect place to announce and reveal that game. I think you would have gotten a different pop. Agree. 100%, so 100 percent. agree. So I think that you have to give them a little bit of time. I still think that game is fall 2017 and I'm excited about it. I think that the settings unique, the high desert in Oregon, like central and eastern Oregon is a weird place to set a game. Uh, I like the day night cycle. It reminds me a little dying light like the, the, the zombies hibernate completely during the day, apparently. And like I liked the ideas that we explained in that video like they were explaining to us. If you get to that place where you saw the demo and you get there early, you can like fucking line it with explosives and set traps and and figure out where you want to go and lead the horde through. And, and I'm like, that sounds fucking cool. Like, I think that they just maybe didn't show it the best way they could have shown it. That's a little disappointing, but I still think that I wasn't anything but excited for it when I walked out of there. Sure. And that yeah. was the coolest thing. And that's what I said about Sony's press conference this year. I'd have to really go back and think a little bit harder about it. But at least in recent memory, this is by far the strongest first party lineup they've had at E3 in a long time. Sure. I agree with that. And I think it might be ever. So you know coming out punch 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 five times in the beginning i think was cool and i think days gone was just as valid as a punch as the rest of those games lucy hits us up at kind of funny.com slash psq to get her question read and continues on the zombie theme by saying hey greg and colin 
I have a burning question I would love to get the opinion on from the Vita experts you two both are. Do you think there will be a Vita version of The Walking Dead Season 3 or at least a way to carry over your save files to the PS4? I'll tell you right now before the rest of your question, no, there will not be a Vita version of the PS3 or P, uh, Walking, Walking Dead, Dead Season, Season 2 on there? Yes. Oh, okay. And no, you will not be able to carry your saves over. But I'll continue. I only played both season one and season two on my Vita and would love to continue my story, but I'm worried that this may not be possible. I don't really want to replay them both on PS4 or play season three without the decisions I made in the previous games. Thanks, Lucy. That does suck. I love Portillo and Lola. You guys aren't bad either. Yeah, no, you're screwed on that That one. That sucks. If you look back at, you know, the more recent Telltale games uh, in terms of uh, what Game of Thrones, uh, Minecraft, uh, I think even Batman from what they've announced, no Vita versions of those. You know, I think that they've made this jump in terms of what they're doing with particle physics and different things in their in their uh, system where the Vita is not on their radar. I'm sure the games didn't sell well. And no, there won't and they be didn't run well. Like that, yeah. that was the thing. It's like I remember playing season one in 2013. Season one was real bad. Yeah. On Vita, I was like, this is bad. Like yeah. I, I actually like couldn't even move forward. after. I'm like, this is so bad. And um, so I, I, yeah, will there be a way to bring your saves over? No, I just don't think that there's a, enough of a sucks. reason for that. Your that best sucks. bet, honestly, would be to go to the Telltale forums where they are active, where they do have community managers, where Job and Laura do pop in and put up a post saying you'd like this, and then direct other Vita fans over there to post saying we would like this too. I don't know if it's going to happen, but you can try. The real question is, will they do that? Period for Walking Dead season three. Walking Dead season one to two, that was a big part of it, right? Season three, just from that teaser, I feel like they, with the multiple endings they left off with season, where season two ends, where you can have a whole bunch of different ways it goes, I feel like you have to start the players from one section of season uh, three when you get there. And then it could, if you're talking about like, well, what about the choices I made and who lived and who died and how they did, it could be handled very much like they handled season two's conversation when uh, Clem sits down at the kitchen table for the first time and starts getting asked questions about what happened in the first game. And you get to tell your story a certain way. They could do it that way. And sure, it isn't like bring stuff over, but even bringing stuff over, what from season one brought came over to season two that really mattered that I didn't tell, that I didn't say to, when, you know, when I'm having the conversation at the kitchen table, that I didn't tell them about the people in my past. I think you can get away with a different way and not have to worry about it. The saves are cool when it's like it's happening. There's a lot of time. There's no not a lot of time between the games. There's been so much time now. I feel like you can jump in and just go. Yeah, I think um, that sucks. That really does suck. But I, I don't even know if it's going to matter. But I know, I really but still, if, if they were trapped on there, that does suck. Yeah. Um, But I'm sure that even if it is and even if the choices do carry over, that there's no real reason for them to make that functionality possible because i'm sure a lot of people didn't play it on vita but i will say real quick about batman sure pretty cool oh good i'm glad you liked it pretty cool yeah i'm looking pretty forward cool. to that one yeah looking i am too one. i am too so behind closed doors thought that they were really way too fucking nerdy about the console that they were playing on you know like, you didn't like the bat cave man was you were such a curmudgeon it was a little much joe busting my balls though when i went there being like i can't believe kyle moriarty in front of everyone i can't believe kyle moriarty's here for a telltale games demo he said he, he busted uh, your balls on the yeah. uh, the GameSpot show too when oh, we were the, talking about it yeah yeah He's like, there's no bigger fan of Telltale than Colin. (laughs) (laughs) Colin, final question. Do you want one about Deep Down, that game company, or being disheartened by Sony's press conference? Disheartened by Sony's press conference. Because the the, that game company question, I don't know. We all know nothing's going on over there. And Deep Down doesn't exist. All right. Let's let's, let's Sandy Shrew wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can and said, hey, Colin and Greg, do you feel a little disheartened by Sony's E3 press conference? Hear me out. No. I love Sony's press conference. Great pacing, great demos, great games were shown. That can't be denied. However, when I had time to reflect on the conference, I noticed the big seller this year is The Last Guardian. I was a little sad to see that what they showed were primarily games coming in 2017. Is it fair to dock Sony for this? XOXO, 
Dimitrik from Casey. I think your own rule set is whatever you want it to be. I think it's fair if that's what you think is fair. I think Horizon was supposed to be the fall game, and I think Glass Guardian was supposed to come out sooner than that. And I think that they pushed everything down the line to have a, a fall game. Gran Turismo's coming out too, and they barely showed that, which I thought was weird. Um, but Gran Turismo is the big fall game. I think I'm seeing some millions of copies. I think yeah. that's obvious, but but maybe not with Drive Club like still in the hearts and minds of PlayStation gamers. People like people that play that game like it more sure. than we the on. people. Well, then we make fun of them, yeah. you know, and like evolution, uh, you know, RIP. But we people have seen the light drive coming and sold millions of copies. But um, I think it's fair if you want to play it that way. But I think Horizon was like supposed to obviously be the game that was supposed to come out this fall. That was going to be the big hit. The Last Guardian is going to be the best you can do. And you have to remember when you look back at the falls 14 and 15 specifically, they were fucking dire. Yeah, exactly. 13 wasn't that bad because we had a kill zone, but. And that was when the console launched. Everyone was excited. Everyone was excited. Well, everyone was excited about literally anything you play. Yeah. Uh, Neck. 14 was supposed to have the order and it didn't. And then 15 was supposed to have Uncharted and it didn't. So um, at least there is a game that isn't a collection. And I think that it's going to be no less than fine. So I don't think the last card is going to be bad. Sure. Um, So you're going to have that. And and for racing fans of which there are millions, you're going to have many millions. You're going to have a big Gran Turismo game um, this fall, too. And then you have Horizon in February. So it's not I'm fucking disappointed. I want Horizon, you know, uh, I want that game fucking really bad after I played. I played it and it's awesome. It really is awesome. Yeah. And um, man, I'll be so bummed if they fuck that one up somehow. I don't think they're going to. I don't. I don't see any evidence that Horizon's gonna be anything less than great. But uh, yeah, I understand if you're disappointed about that. I also think that you know not all those games you saw were 2017. Some of them were. One of them at least was gonna be 2018 as well. And I think that'll be God of War. Time to meet your new best friend, ladies and gentlemen. In a segment we call PS. I love this best friend XOXO. This is where you go. To kindoffunny.com slash forums, post your PSN username and get all sorts of lovely messages from the fellow best friends or friend requests so you can play with people. This one comes from Boba Fettke209. That's B-O-B-A-F-E-T-T-K-E-209, who writes in and says, Hi, best friends. I've only recently become a fan. After finally deciding to purchase a PS4 and setting some money aside to get it, I started searching out some podcasts to listen to at work so I could get the info about the system and what games to get. Needless to say, I found kind of funny and haven't really listened to any other podcast since. Thank you. I've also really enjoyed this place as well, the forums he's talking about, as it reminds me of the 311 bulletin board that I used to hang out in back in my teen years. I used to hang out there too. Nick Hexum yelled at me once. What did he say to you? Who's the singer? Uh, I know he is. Um, I saw them in Berkeley in 2004 when I was an intern, yeah. and they they closed in the encore with "Freak Out," which is usually a song that they open with. And I was like, that was kind of stupid. And he was like, and he said something like, "I think I thought a fan such as yourself would found that exciting." Or whatever. And I was like, damn, Nick Hexum, fucking nailed you. I'm always looking for new PSN folks to play with. I don't play a ton of multiplayer games right now as I work away. As I work my way through a nice little backlog, finished Uncharted the Nathan Drake collection, and I'm working on The Last of Us Remastered before I pick up Uncharted 4. Anyway, my PSN name is Boba Fecky 209 a mix of my favorite Star Wars character and my last name. Again, B-O-B-A-F-E-T-T-K-E-209. Send him lovely messages, become his friend, play games with him, annoy him with that stupid goddamn party. You've been added to a party. Got to sh- I had to shut my notifications off after all. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Ago, I tried to be patient because I want to see what people, you know, if people want to reach out or I sure. appreciate that, but I just can't do it anymore. Can't do it anymore. No, I'm bad. trying to watch Broad City. Everyone's fucking sending me messages. I understand. You understand? Hey, I sent you a sticker. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? Keep your sticker and, you know, just stay to your own PSN. Just stay out of my goddamn internet. <laughs> stay out of my lane. Ah, uh, this PS, I love this best friend XOXO was brought to you by casper if you go right now to casper.com slash ps and use the offer code ps you get fifty dollars towards any 
mattress purchase. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven, inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep surface was developed in-house, has a sleek design, and is delivered in a small, quote-unquote, how did they do that box? (laughs) In addition to the mattress, Casper also offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. You can get $50 right now. Go to casper.com slash PS. Use the code PS. What I like about this one, Colin, Mm. is that uh, it's risk-free. That's good. I like don't like taking risks. So free delivery, good. free returns with a 100-night home trial, all right? We've talked before that they got all these different technologies. Different foams are happening in there, which I'm a big fan of foam. But here's what, what you need to know, Colin. You're going to appreciate this more than most as literary giant. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. In fact, it's not the most awarded mattress of the decade. God damn it. Casper writes the, the best hell copy. Does that mean? Casper writes the best copy. I love these idiots. Right now, you can try Casper for 100 nights risk free at your own home. Go get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash PS. Use the code PS. Colin, what's this week's forgotten PlayStation game? I don't have one. I thought we keep going to the audience for this. You don't want to do it that, that way? Nobody, nobody gave us anyone. Really? Remember, it was before that we, me and the one guy synergized up for one. Oh, okay. We can put it on the audience for now if you want. Yeah, let's just put it on them. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna come up with a bad one. Go to okay. I mean I can think. No, you don't have to. You don't have a little bit of time. Shush, shush, shush. Go to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. Put in your forgotten PlayStation games there. This is how I distract Colin. I put him to bed at night. <laughs> like a bunny. Uh Colin, would you like the worst name of the week? Yes. PSN's please. worst name please. of the week. This one comes from Justin, who I guess goes to UCSB. Santa Barbara. Yeah. Hello, Colin and Greg. That's in California, as the UC you know suggests. I understand. Hello, Colin and Greg. University of California, Santa Barbara. I made my PSN ID FN Jomo. F-N-J-O-M-O dash. I'm sorry, there was a dash at the end of it. When I was in the seventh grade and my little brother had a friend named Jomo, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Of course he did. The FN part is a play on effing, F-I-N-G. I got that part, Jomo. I, didn't, I wasn't caught up on that one. Uh, as one time at a community pool, Jomo's parents yelled, fucking Jomo. <laughs> For jumping in the pool and getting them wet. Fucking Jomo. While there isn't anything inherently wrong with the name, many times in COD lobbies or Destiny Fire teams, other PSN users will refer to me as effing homo. (laughs) I don't have anything against homosexual people, but I would rather not have this derogative thrown at me every time someone says my name. I have hundreds of dollars of content attached to my account, as well as a respectable trophy level, and would like to go by something other than effing homo in the party chat. Please, Shuey, let us change our names. Justin from UCSB. That's funny. It was good. I liked it when it was just fucking Jomo, but then, of course, the obvious where everybody would try to yell at you in a party makes sense. Shuey, let him change his names. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PS I Love You XOXO episode 40. If you didn't know, it's kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. So go to kindoffunny.com, subscribe to our YouTube channels, watch all the videos, favorite it, share it with your friends, go to Twitter, do that, get us on Instagram. If you're going to VidCon, see us there. If you're going to RTX, see us there. Go to kindoffunny.com slash road to greatness. No, from here on out, if I say we're going to something, clearly Colin's not coming. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Everyone expects it. Everyone's used to being let down. With How long have you been doing this? Nine years now? They're I, used to nine years of disappointment. I saw Kevin's you. Snapchat on Aaron's phone about uh, your signing posters and then you just signed uh, my name. Yeah. When you left when you left at the Let's Play, I was like, I'm done. And everybody came up, I was like, do you want me to just sign for Colin? They're like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> done. I'll just do that the rest of the time. I don't care. That's fucking perfect. <laughs> that's done. That's half of this song. That's, that's done. I it's love over. that. Um, remember, go to kindoffunny.com slash road to greatness so you can bring us to one of your towns via the PlayStation thing. We can just 
piggyback on them like fleas. I probably won't be there either. No, you're going to that one. We are, you agreed to that. I brought you in this room. I remember no, I you signed up for that one. Too bad. Big, big tough. At least make it a good place, huh? It's up to you, fucking Jomo. Don't bring Where me. To little, don't bring me to Little Rock, Arkansas. What? Nothing against Little Hold Rock, Arkansas. Clinton? But nothing. Don't don't bring me. If to we we, we go see Boogie if we're in Arkansas. Is that where he lives? Isn't he in Arkansas? In Jim's in Mississippi? Or yeah, Jim's, in, Jim's in Mississippi. And yeah. I'm right. I nailed it. Okay. Don't worry about him. Deep South. Ladies and gentlemen, every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shoe Hey. This is where one of you marvelous artists go to kindoffunny.com slash PSM and submit your music. You give me a Bandcamp link or something I can download and a YouTube link. Then I put your MP3 at the end of our MP3 or on YouTube, I annotate to your video so everyone can go see your music. This one comes from Nerd Fashionista, but or Nerd Fashionisto, I'm sorry, but he puts up, his music goes up under the alias Alessandro Dioso, Diosi. I'll spell it later. Hi, Greg and Colin. Hope E3 treated you well. I was hoping to promote a track on my new Oh, a track of my own on the coolest podcast on the planet. And of course, out of respect for shoe. The track is called What I'm Trying to Say. And I would love P.S. I Love You XOXO even more if you played it. My musical alias is Alessandro Diosi. A-L-E-S-S-A-N-D-R-O-D-I-O-S-I. Put all that at the end of band or SoundCloud.com and you can go listen to his music there. Or you can just click on the goddamn links I put in this episode. Thanks for taking the time, and I wish you all the best with everything you guys do. P.S. T.M.O. Yeah, I think it means I love you. I don't know. I don't. I only speak English. Kevin? No, Kevin's not here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I'm trying to say. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Lola, we're going to the beach. I don't know why it's taking this long to realize that you were the one for me all along. I put myself first selfishly. Yeah, 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 I hurt you. Why all you did was love me. Yeah. I, know, I know that you deserve better. I'll give you better, I swear. What I'm trying to tell you is I missed you That I missed you all this time What I'm trying to say I'm sorry That I'm sorry won't you take me back Just close your eyes, yeah, and think Just remember the first time we kissed It don't get much better than that When we make love, when we make love What I'm trying to tell you That I missed you all this time What I'm trying to say Sorry, baby.